Hi, this is Ryan Fraser. This is Troy Daly. This is Gus Boyet. This is Don Hutchison. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I travel to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast wouldn't happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to join us, to become a socio, and to get every interview we produce without adverts and before it goes out on the main feed, plus lots of bonus content, including the chance to put questions to our guests and to me via the monthly Q&A. So do please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and join the club and get your family and friends to do so. Maybe even strangers in the street. Love you. Look, unlike you, I'm Graham Hunter, and this is The Big Interview. I'm glad you're back. If this is your first listen to Thomason on The Big Interview, then go back and listen to part one. Everything will make more sense. Honestly, it's like eating your pudding before your soup and then having your main course start. It's just, it's not on. In this one, I, I talked to him about how he and Malmo, not Rangers, out of the Champions League qualifier, but Rangers at the time of recording, we're on the verge of making it to the Europa League final. I asked him if that was hard to digest. Big win, super for his club, but it's Rangers who now are in a European final. Not him, not Malmo. Donald Thompson is, is a coach now. Um, one that I could imagine will be very attractive for a number of clubs to hire. And he talks a little bit about the addiction of winning as a coach and about how he likes his teams to play. There's insight, I would say, into Denmark and why they're such a powerful international force at the moment. If you're a collector of trivia, did you know that Jondal Thomasson turned down moving to Barcelona so that he could go to Milan instead? And listen, there are mentions, why wouldn't there be, again, of Michael Laudrup and Andrea Pirlo. This is a very good interview because Jondal Thomasson is exceptionally interesting. He's pretty funny. He liked the process of this interview. He's bright. Good football player too going to be a good coach. Watch out for Yonda Thompson coming to a team near you. At the moment, he's on the big interview. Let's talk a little bit about Malmo. Um, and there's, there's, there's the team you, you, you knocked out in one of the rounds, the penultimate round because I think you had to beat Ludogorets as well to, yeah. to also go to Champions League. So you, you knock Rangers out in the penultimate round of qualifying for the Champions League with two good displays. And here you are sitting with an idiot like me, having won the title at Malmo twice, but Rangers are still in Europe. That must be a bit of a pisser that, you know, you, you and your team unpicked them twice, once away with 10 men. Good result, irrespective of what the name of the club is that's yeah they're, they're in the semi-final and only 1-0 down against Leipzig because of a late goal from Angelino and the prize that you won for them was to go on a route with Chelsea Zenit <laughs> Juventus you know <laughs> yeah of course when, it's, a bit, it's been a bittersweet experience uh, no yeah in a, in a way uh, when, when yeah when, when you're playing from a, from a Scandinavian team it's, it's, it's just tough going to, through the qualification 
we needed to beat four champions mm-hmm. of four different countries. So four really winners. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we did that and, and, and still doing well in the league, uh, which we won in the end. Yeah. Historical, uh, almost never happened before. It's almost impossible in Sweden to do well in Europe, do well in Sweden. But uh, we managed in the end of the day. We did impossible. But of course... Uh, Playing, playing those uh, those qualification game is is a it's been a bit of a fairy tale. Uh, it was impossible, uh, mission impossible. We did it, and we did it. Uh, especially the game against Rangers with ten man uh, winning it, and I think we deserve to win the games as well. And you played against you play against bigger sides with bigger budget, different world. Playing the as a manager, you're always searching for a perfect game. I think almost against Luka Goetz. Luka Goetz is a team. I think at the high, same height as, as Rangers, more or less. I think they qualified for for those group phase last seven years out of eight. So, winning at home two 0 playing some great football, attacking football, creating chances, probably hitting the post. We should probably have won it four 0 Searching for that perfect game. I think that game was almost perfect. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, when you were playing Champions League, it's those teams you just mentioned, seeing it, Juventus, Chelsea. European champions, Chelsea. European champion. This, that's another league. It's, it's a bit like being that, uh, being that young boy in the schoolyard, uh, playing, playing football, playing with football with the big boys, and, and you were trying and trying to show you deserve to be there, and you wanted to be there, and at the end of the day, the boys are just... They're just older, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's a bit of been a been a been a for the club and for the for the fans and for us. It's been a great experience, and it also was extremely important financially. Of course, let's weigh it up then. So, if it, 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 balancing it against the the finances, um, ballpark, how many millions do you think that campaign made for Malmo? Not to the penny, but are we talking? Five million or fifty million? I think thirty million euro. Thirty is thirty. That's pretty gigantic for Marmo. For sure, and and, and and I think it's it's great for the club because they could develop the club, uh, invest in the club. Yeah, but they could also invest in new players. So if, oh, I would be sure if I stayed there, we would want to leave for the third time as well. Yeah, uh, for sure. Well, if, but then you're probably. I think you're going to piss on this. But if I give you a magic <laughs> wand, right, and you get to go out in the qualifying, but be in the semi-final of the Europa League right now in charge of Malmo, facing okay, let's call it Leipzig. And you can choose. Which do you choose? Oh, that's a difficult one. Man. Thank you. Thank that's you. That's a very difficult question. I am. I am no, Jurgen Kohler. Uh, Rangers did. Ex- uh, Rangers done really well. Eh? Lost one 0 yesterday in, in in Germany away in yeah. Leipzig against a good team. Against a very brilliant side. Yeah. So they've done well. I'm a good friend from from Bongos, which I played you together played with. You played with from a and yeah. I knew the geo would be in your heart that you probably want them to go and, and for, do for well. Sure, for sure. Uh, but like in my magic, I've given you a magic wand there. Eh? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. You, you're actually choosing. You can actually go. Can I, can I choose to change? Champions League final instead. Yeah, baby, you can choose whatever you want. You can and you can have Claudio Schiffer on your elbow if you want. I don't care, but yeah. To play, to see, to see the people around the club, to see the players, the families, the proudness, the enjoyment when we when we manage to 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 qualify for the for the group phase. That's something I never will forget. And they make you proud because you're a leader of a group. Yes. They make you proud as a manager to see that you're beating four champions of our countries, four different qualifications where you're playing teams which are bigger, if you look at players, regarding players, and you are achieving that, and you do that together, to make you proud. So I will not, I will not change it. I, I meant it, I knew it would be difficult because 
One yeah, of the things, one. in researching you, one of the things I've... Because I think the way you play and the way you look and the way you talk tricks people. Not, not, nobody knows you well. Because I think people will easily think, oh, there's a guy who's happy and look at the way he plays. It's a kind of the nine and a half or ten position. They're kind of happy-go-lucky. I live in my own beautiful world. But, but that's wrong. You like to win. Uh, and therefore... The, the, the overall effect of what you said you wouldn't swap for of the pride and the, and the union and beating champions and being Champions League and leaving a legacy. There's the Yundel Thomason legacy at Malmo of 30 million euros or whatever it is. That's pretty beautiful, but it's not a trophy. And you like trophies. I like trophies. I like winning. I won a lot as a player. And, and now the last two seasons with Manuel, I won two leagues and we qualified for, for the Champions League as well. Uh, and winning is addicted. Yeah, you get addicted with winning. Yeah. Winning is uh, winning is, is is something special. It's, it give me give me fire. You get the hunger. Uh, but at the end of the day, I always want to entertain as well. But of course, winning is higher than entertaining. But it's very very. Ooh. But sometimes they can also go hand in hand. And that's that's as a, as, a, as a manager, you're looking for that. You want to to develop. I want to build my own team to a special direction where you can entertain people. I think you deserve to entertain people. Let me we need to do it. Uh, you said something crazy, which you said that you're almost enjoying training as much as playing, which seems to me to be completely mad. I want to ask something more specific now about the group. Because as a coach, I think you knew the group was going to be real tough, um, but there were four nils, and it was tough. And, and I'm not saying that Mamo was a side that shouldn't have been there, but the learning experience, the, the bath of cold water in the first three games was, was big. And then it wasn't anymore. Uh, only 1 0, only 1 0 against Chelsea Newby, and 1 1 Zenit was Zenit scoring in the 98th minute yeah. or whatever it was, which must be. As, as, which was as, not a penalty, then as, otherwise we're 1 1 0. There you go. Yeah. Their second penalty of the game, I think, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the, big, the big guy. Exactly. Do, do well as it missed a penalty. Look, tell me specifically what changed for you, for the squad between the first three games and the second three games because it feels looking at it like you went okay there's tons of information this is what we do differently this is what they don't like this is how we alter and okay it's still two defeats and a draw but it, it, that's something also for my money to be real proud of yeah if you look at it, and if you look at one player for example for Chelsea yeah, there would be the same amount of the whole club of Malmö so that's 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 uh, that's the way you have to think a bit. But uh, first of all, I think uh, after playing those four qualification rounds and playing in the league with a with with a with a with a group of uh, of of, uh, of Malmö, which was not used to that to play at that level and perform at that level, when we started the, the campaign, when we started the first game in the Champions League, uh, we were a bit tired. It sounds crazy, but. Uh, do you mean more mentally than physically? Both things, actually. And, and when you play the best team in the world, you need to make quicker the decisions. So we were actually getting a lot of penalty against us as well because we were not, not thinking quick enough. And that's normal because the level was just, I wouldn't say too high, but very high if you compare with, with our level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it took a couple of games before we got used to, to the speed of the game, the... the, 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 the the decision making, and after that it was it was better. And uh, playing a scene at home, we should have won that game for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and seeing it away, actually, uh, yeah, we received the goal quite early. But the first half we were a better team, had better chances, and then in the second half we got a red card because things get went too quick again. 
So that's, that, that journey has been, a, I think players have learned a lot for that journey as well. But by going too quick, I, I think I understand what, what you mean because you see in Spain they get called automatismos, a concept I guess you're used to. Not every football culture has a system where like the decisions are built into your hard drive and you, you, you don't you take half touches and you do half turn and not every country looks for that. But when you talk about the games being slightly too fast, can, can you draw a picture of examples or, you know, are, we are talking, we're not talking necessarily five seconds. We're probably talking about... Milliseconds, huh? Yeah. It's like that. But just, just uh, how do you, how, uh, yeah, how do you receive the ball? How do you, have you seen things? Have you scanned the ball? And, and suddenly, bang, there's a pressure. Then you lose the ball and then you have to react, act again. Uh, the body shape uh, is, is not that good. Uh, all, the, all those small things, uh, which when you play, let's say, in the, you play in the Premier League or you play in the La Liga or Serie A, yeah. they become natural because they become natural every because they're game. used, they're used to, to play in that level every game. They used to be match, and we were not used to that. And especially when, you, when you're playing all those games and our, our squad is, of course, not strong enough for that no. when you're in Sweden. Uh, um, so we were, we, were, yeah, we were actually not... We're not ready to play those games, which is normal because we're not used to the boys. Yeah, but I still want to highlight the positive change between the first three and the second three. So when you talked about, you know, peripheral vision or doing a check on just being aware of what's happening around you when the ball comes to you, body position, like being ready to take it without having to touch, or even this must piss you off. In general, I'm not talking now about your manual players because I don't have enough experience of watching them. But like with your passes. The ones that came to you, you didn't always need to take a touch. You, you talked about playing with Perlo, but Kalau would be an example. Robert Perez would be an example. Kaka. When you see footballers in your squad who maybe don't make a five-yard pass a hundred times out of a hundred, we can make it. That must piss you off. But also, when the pass is good and a player isn't ready just to turn and go, are you an interventionist coach? So when you're back in the training ground, are you taking them by the shoulders and saying? I want you to be like, don't you see? Or, or do you try and show them on video? Or What's your one-on-one teaching skill as a I coach? Think, I think that's, you do both things, depending on the person. Different, different person learn in a different way. So sometimes you do it on the pitch, sometimes you do the inside. Uh, sometimes you do it yourself, sometimes you, one of your assistants is doing that. But, uh, but especially, especially those players, uh, those boys, I remember they did a tremendous job. Imagine winning those Four qualifications rounds, playing those teams we played—that's uh, a big challenge. Do you, are you mentioned it twice. Do you think that not only now in this interview, but in general, people don't appreciate that sufficiently? I th- no, I think people which uh, which know how difficult it is, they say, "Wow, what a great job!" Because it's tough going through four champions of four different countries. Because winners in a league are used to winning. So that's different when you play winners than when you play, let's say, number four in the group uh, in the in the league uh, for, your, for for European football. That's a totally different way. Because so you're facing teams, even if it's from Finland or Scotland. They're used to winning. Their, their mentality is it's tough. Different. They've got an arrogance. They've got competitive spirit. They have to believe in the things they're yeah. doing. They have an attitude, momentum. Yeah, for sure. So um, coming out of the Champions League, you, you really did say that you find coaching as enjoyable as playing. I saw it. I think I even heard you say it. Do you, do you really feel that? 
Maybe it was a bit of a lie, yeah? I thank the Lord. <laughs> because it, it drives you crazy. You can't control it. Now, if I see you in Berlin in a couple of years' time leading Rossoneri or VRL or Manchester United up to lift a European trophy, I'll believe on that day you feel it's as good as, <laughs> as playing. But it's not. It, it, it will lose you sleep. It will lose you friends. You will, you will get sacked. You have defeats where you did everything right and your players did everything right and you still lose. And why are you going to be a coach? Why? Because, uh, quite simple. Football is my life. I love it. I'm so passionate about football. I'm so driven uh, of, of being part of the game. And to be honest, I went away as an 18 years old boy because I loved football, because I, want, I wanted to be successful. But the mostly, the first thing was I love football. I love to play football at the schoolyard, but wanted to perform on a bigger uh, uh, set as well. Uh, so, a guy who's been uh, abroad in many different countries, yeah, there's a reason why he's done it, because he loved the adventure. He loved the game. And I love it so much. Uh, and, and I'm enjoying, and it's true, playing football is different than being a manager. Of course, it's a totally different path. But still enjoyable. And you do it with people who want the same as you, who wants to be successful, and to be in charge of that uh, and to put those boys and the rest of the club towards a special direction, direction you want, uh, which I think is the right to be dominant with the ball, without the ball, being very flexible, playing a modern attacking way of playing football and scoring those goals. What um, you've, had, you've had offers, so you're not in work at the moment by your own choice. Yeah, it's true. As, yeah, it was, it was a bit surprised for a lot of people I stopped in Melbourne actually mm-hmm. after, after two very successful years with, with two, two titles. titles and of course the Champions League so people were a bit surprised uh, but at the end of the day it also made me a bit proud playing the last game away in Juventus actually knowing oh I left this club on a good path I left this club on a right spot uh, got a lot of Champions League money uh, so can build a stronger side so can they can develop the club even more. So I, I left the club on the top, and it's true, I, I didn't want to be a quick solution, uh, a quick fix here. People have asked you to come in and solve their problems. Yeah, and I, don't, I want to build something. I want to, be, to build something to be successful. Uh, and when I stopped, when I stopped uh, at Malmö, it was, you can say in a way, I also stopped from Denmark. Uh, I, was, I was at Denmark before I went to yeah. Malmö. And after we qualified for, for Europe 2020 uh, without losing a single game for three and a half years I went away because I have an ambition and I love the challenge I'd love to, 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 to develop the club in a more European way uh, to develop a youngster to win games to win trophy which happened in Melbourne and now I'm searching for a new challenge again Before the rest of this big interview, I'd like to tell you that our entire archive of audio and video content is now on our new YouTube channel. We've begun filming all of our interviews, and there are already loads of clips with guests, including Rio Ferdinand, Connor Cody, Brendan Rogers, and Jamie Carragher, plus full interviews for you to watch and to share. Please do share with friends. Go to YouTube and search Graham Hunter or click on the link in the show notes to this episode and become a subscriber. I honestly think you'll enjoy it. Thanks.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If, if it's a club challenge... Yeah, we'll come to it in a second, but really maybe you should be in charge of the Danish national team right now, is my opinion. And maybe the Danish FA should have handled it differently. Once the tournament was postponed, you'd qualified. And But if you had your, again, I'm giving you a magic one, if you had your choice, would uh, Yondal Thomason be, be coaching next in you know, a big club in Eredivisie, Bundesliga? Maybe not La Liga yet because you would need to top up your Spanish or, or the Premier League. If, if there's an... I'm not asking the club. But if there's a place where you're like, yeah, I see the fit, I see the logic, that's, that's next. Where, of course, I had, I had uh, opportunities on a, on a higher level than, than Malmö uh, on a higher league as well. Uh, in the end of the day, as I said, winning I won a lot as a player, going with Denmark three and a half years without losing a game and now being at Melbourne I'm not used to losing I hate losing <laughs> uh, so, so those winning those games and, and uh, yeah, it's quite addicted and, uh, but at the end of the day it's also about the project the project the way you can build a club towards the right direction so it's about the project uh, the next step and it's not important if it's in that and that country it's about the project the totally the total packet. And, and presumably some of it will be important because you, you, you were slightly separated from your family. And, and does that, is, you know, such a brutal life, you guys. It's well re, well-rewarded life. It's wonderful when you win. But in family terms, if you're separated, that's pretty shit. Will, will the next step include where can we all live together? Or does that... Are you prepared? You're prepared. At, at the moment, at, at the moment, I don't have a club. Uh, so, depend of the situation as well, and depend where uh, location of the club. And as you said, yeah, you uh, uh, as a manager, it's a, it's a part of the manager life to get sacked. So that was also a good feeling just to to after going going away from Melbourne and making my own decision after two great years, walking out of the front door in a way. Gareth Scriven is one of our socios again. Hi, Graham. After Jon's spell at Newcastle, does he ever wish he'd, as a player, does he ever wish he'd return to the Premier League in England at some point? Did, you get, did he ever get offered the chance? And if so, how close was it to happening? Uh, first of all, of course, Newcastle at that time uh, was, a, was a tough challenge. Um, great, great club. Small similarities with Feyenoord in terms of the... The mentality, the, the mentality yeah. and, the, and, and, and the way of thinking, the passion, I think you can say that. Great, great club. We were playing Champions League that, uh, that year, had a really difficult time. How did you go against Barcelona? Yeah, piece of cake, huh? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good answer. It's a very Newcastle answer. Uh, uh, yeah. No, it was, uh, it was a lovely game. And, uh, and it was actually, uh, I'm, I'm sometimes, you know, it's a bit, a bit sad I was playing out of position. Yeah. Uh, because I think... It could have been a great playing together with Shearer, mm. uh, which, which, which actually did in the pre-season. Just for his injury. 
Yeah. Was and it I'll, the right managerial solution, knowing what you know now, not protecting the, the young guy, John Dal Thomason, but was it the right solution to do what, what Douglas did and say to you, hey, kid, first season here, young guy, play in the nine position? Was I think it was the only solution, one of the only solutions he had. That was well. it. Yeah. So I think, I think it was a normal, but I was not ready to play at this no. night. Not at that time, not at all. Uh, during the years afterwards, uh, yeah, I played as a nine, yeah. played just as a ten, nine and a half, call it what you want to call it. But uh, at that time, I was not ready to play as a, as a lonely striker, and uh, not the way we played as well. But uh, during the years, I, I adopted to that. So it's just sometimes shit happens, and that's football. Just to do life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you think of it like that at the time? No, I think I learned a lot of. Uh, for, it was a tough experience. As a youngster, it's a very tough experience, you know, because uh, you want to do well and and uh, and you want to prove prove yourself for the for the world, for the English fans that you're really good. Uh, and, and you didn't get that. I didn't do it that well. So that's that's of course a, a tough for a youngster. Dog leash as a, as a guy, because first of all, I suppose the, the traditional question is how much did you understand? When you, <laughs> it's, it's, With it's, the dialect, it's a straight question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sometimes. Uh, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> No, but but he's, he's of course a true gentleman. He was a true gentleman in that way, as a, as, a, as a manager. Much to learn for you now, thinking back. I think he was he was always honest. I think uh, that's a that's a quite important point, for sure. Being being honest, being uh, direct uh, regarding the things you want to say. You're referring to something that most of our listeners, I think, will know about, but not everybody knows about that. There's a lot of people in football who lie to one another or who avoid. Telling the truth, avoid. The I think that maybe it's the right word. Avoid. Avoid. Yeah. On a day-to-day situation in a in a in a training ground, if if the coach or the assistant coach is telling you one thing to your face, but you know it's not true, the relationship is within a couple of weeks is broken. Yeah, yeah, you should never do it. You should be tough and honest about it. When it's bad, it's bad, isn't it? Yeah, and when it's brilliant, it's brilliant. Of course, there's always a different way of saying things, but uh, you need to, you need to, you need to be honest. Is that a skill that's easy for you? Yeah, I think that's normal. Yeah. Just tell somebody to their face. Yeah, of course. I think in the end of the day, you get the respect and, and you get the, the, yeah, and actually you get the benefit in the end of the day because people respect you. And you're not, you're not there to be friends. No, no. If friendship comes, it, it's a useful bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, actually, you, 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 are, you are in a place where you need to perform. You need to perform as a manager, as a staff, as a player as well. You need to perform for the club and you need to perform for the fans. And that's the most important thing, actually. So you need to you need to, to take tough decision, which is part of the game. We're gonna um, draw to a close now, but we need to stop talking about club, and we need to. Did you have good memories of, of playing for Denmark? And and you're the record scorer. It's certainly in the modern. You're equal top scorer, but in the modern times, you're number one scorer. Um, I'd like to ask what what memories do you have of the 2002 World Cup? Um, for example, beating Uruguay, beating the reigning champions. Um, draw up on your memories of, of that experience, that work, living and working that culture for a summer. And then I want to close on where Denmark is now and, and what has made them such, because they seem to epitomise as a national team everything that you've talked about in terms of intelligence on the pitch, character, extremely entertaining, winning they're like the perfect embodiment of everything you've been talking about that you stand for. <laughs> but let, let's go back to Japan, Korea. Try and sum up um, what the experience was like, because maybe was that the peak of your international experience? 
I think it was just I just played the UEFA Cup final and we just won it against Dortmund. Yeah. And uh, a couple of weeks before, uh, I signed for Milan. I went there to play the playing the the World Cup in Japan, South Korea. It was a, first of all playing for a country. Country, it's an amazing feeling. Uh, you should be proud of that. You should always be available for the country. Good for you. Uh, it's really important to you, the flag. Every day, I feel like that, and I think uh, I think actually you should feel like that as every, as a footballer. You you want to be you want to give something back to the to to the people of your own country. I think that's quite important. And the only thing playing in Japan and South Korea, you don't get the connection with the fans. Yeah, okay. Because there's, of course, a distance, but it's a yeah. great experience. I've, uh, I've played the European Championship in 2000 in Holland and Belgium. Not successful with Denmark. Mm. Then playing, playing in the World Cup, uh, winning, winning against France uh, and going through for the group, uh, playing, uh, playing England afterwards. Uh, there, was a, there was a tough, tough cookie, but... Uh, but we did really well and it was a scored a lot of goals. It was great experience. Your coach was Martin Olsen? Martin Olsen, yeah. He said you were the ultimate team player. Yeah, yeah, he said that, yeah. yeah. I always want the team to win. I want to, it's not about me, it's about the team. That's also how I, how I, how I manage. That's 100% always been your, your perspective? Always. That's also how I manage now. Always make the decision regarding the team. The team is number one. And then... I think you recognise what I was talking about, the national team. First of all, in your opinion, should you be in charge of the national team right now? No, I think we have an have a excellent, uh, excellent manager, Casper mm-hmm. uh, Juma, who done well. Uh, he, he took over. We, we arrived at uh, yeah, uh, when Denmark missed out on, on a European Championship and a World Cup, not doing that well. Yeah. So we, we built the squad again, and I think he developed that squad with, with, with new youngster, Damsko Miele. Uh, score always in a couple of those players so we we, we, we built the fundament the, the spirit of the team and uh, and I think they're doing really well I'm enjoying them I think actually they show one in England and then the semi-final against England here in the European 2020 yeah then why is it that, that Danish national football right now after your your, your reign together you were the assistant why is it so powerful? Why is it so... There, there's, when you watch them, there's a really clear idea of playing. There's a lot of individual talent, but maybe very few world-level players. Ericsson apart. Ericsson's great, yeah. Ericsson apart. Um, there seems to be a, a, a completely unified spirit and character. There's both intelligence and fight. There's a clear game plan. How much do you feel responsible for that? And, and why is the national team so healthy right now? Over, and I'm talking about over the, you know, the four or five years that you two were in charge and, and, and now the, the, the coach is taking it to the next tournament, which is, is the World Cup in Qatar. Why are things so healthy? First of all, I think, uh, I think we're quite good. Denmark is quite good in, in, in bringing up youngsters, uh, working with youngsters, uh, develop young players. I think we're extremely good. We need to be good because the country is small. So you need to, to have a plan uh, and, and follow that plan. And we had a plan with Denmark, and you see that. It takes some years, of course. We need a plan to be successful. Uh, and we had that plan. Uh, and, 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 and now it's a team with a great spirit, but it's also the team is still number one in everything they're doing. 
the team is number one. It's about the team. And you said uh, that's not top class players for me. Okay, Eriksen is a top class player as well. But you also have you have leaders in the team. Simon Kerr, for example, from Milan, he's a really really leader. Uh, and and you have a lot of talent, youngsters. And I think in a way when the, when the when the COVID after the COVID period, the national team needed to play three games in a week, more or less. So all those youngsters were more or less playing the second games. So suddenly Denmark, having a, a quite small group, it became bigger with a talent full of players, players you would never normally would have seen. Mm-hmm. Of course, you played three games in a week, mm-hmm. and no players were able of playing three national games in a week time. So the group actually become much bigger, and you see the quality now. It's very, very a lot of talents doing a good plan. The, the manager is doing an excellent job. So uh, I'm, I'm really... You're actually for, enjoying it, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm the biggest fan. Uh, and for the moment, no stress, because it's at the moment, it's not your job. So it's, <laughs> it's a perfect, like, it's good to watch the national team there. It's fun, and, and it's not your responsibility for the moment. No, I think, I think, I think they're doing an excellent job. The, the coaching staff and, 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 of course, the players together. They're, they're, they're one unit, and, and they're connecting in, a, in, a, uh, in every sense, actually. Then we're finishing with uh, six quick... This has been fantastic. If you've got the patience, we're going to finish with six quick-fire questions. Um, I don't think you, you answered... The Premier League, did Henry ask you to come back? To go to... Oh, after? sorry. No, 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 I, 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 I drew you one. Yeah, I could, have go, I could have go back. I didn't do it. I chose something else at that time. To which club? Oh, yeah. It, it's gone now. Yeah, yeah, but, but... They can't sign you now. No, 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 I can't remember. I can tell you another story then. Go on. Uh, when I signed for Milan, I was actually... I could also sign for Barcelona. Ah, Charlie Rexach loved you as a player. Actually, uh, I had a great contract with, uh, with, uh, with Barcelona and wow. Milan, but I chose Milan as well. I, th- I thought uh, at that time that was the biggest side. Yeah. And there was also a couple of Danish players in the selection. I thought, oh, maybe... Larsen and, and Helvig. And uh, Thomas Helvig, mm-hmm. ex-Udanese. Yeah, right to back. Yeah, exactly. So those, pl- those players called me the whole time, so that helped a bit as well. Secondly, your favourite player to play with of all time that you've played with? Your f- just your favourite? My favourite player, of course, of the favourite player is Michael Radley at the time. Uh, but a guest on this series, Michael was brilliant on this series. No, 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 but excellent person, brilliant players, but uh, playing, playing together uh, at Milan with Pirlo was amazing. The way, the way he passed the ball, his vision, just... Uh, just turning very easy, looks very easy, just turning one way and suddenly turned the other way and then the pass came. The timing and the connection, yeah, that's incredible. Uh, great to see that he also went into management. There's a lot of players for that Milan side actually who went into management. Almost every player a leader in his own right. Uh, 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 we'll send you the, the, you never read Perlo's book, I guess, his autobiography. Yeah, no, I haven't read it. So we, we are, are um, the publishers that set this up, mm-hmm. uh, Martin and Neil, we're going to give you in the end the, um, the Saki oh, okay, um, cool. biography, uh, autobiography written by Saki about the immortals. But we, we published uh, Pirlo's autobiography oh, in right. English too. Okay. So clearly you could easily read it in Italian, but we'll send you it because it's a very good, good book. So Great Pirlo, um, it might be the same answer. The best footballer that you played with or faced in your career, the, the, the one, the best. It's so difficult. It's a tough one, yeah. Because there's been a plenty of great players. If you look at a few players that played together with Milan, you know, the leader, Maldini, Costa Curta, uh, Jap Stam. Uh, wow. Another guest three, four weeks ago in the Spain. animal, incredible. He, he, he literally was incredible. Yeah. And, and it, the football is so beautiful that 
two two world class defenders, Maldini and Stam. But in many of the things that they did, so yeah, missed as well. Oh. Yeah, and Cafu as a right back, the the captain for Brazil, Cafu. No, I, I, I would go for, for for Pirlo because of his vision. Because I love the way he can he can actually uh, he can decide games. He can take the game into to his own path and decide games because he sees everything and he sees it that quick. There are similarities between you, a little like him. You made football often, I mean, you worked and sweat, but you often, and when you did the big things, a decision or a pass or a goal, you made it look simple. Oh, it wasn't, but he also does that. Nothing is simple now. He throws his rule. The best... The best strip, the best shirt of any of the teams you played for, and ex- I'm, I'm sorry, I'm excluding the Danish national team because I know, <laughs> I know where you're going to go with that one. My big Danish heart. Yeah, why not? Why living, not? living in Europe the whole life, more or less, the half fav- of the life. The favorite strip of, of any that you put on competitively. I would go for uh, no, I would go for uh, for the for the Milan shirt. Rossoneri. Yeah, I was in there. Um, a cheeky question. Yeah. I, I, I brought this at the press conference. Why did you say they need the money most? What, what was the? <laughs> no, I think actually, I think uh, we needed the money. I think every team, <laughs> every team needed the money. You just heard we won thirty million. <laughs> Huh? And actually now, if you see Malmo, they're, they're, they're I just like the way you did because uh, you, you said it with cheekiness, uh. and then you did something that I remember. I'm, I'm not a big Mourinho fan as a person, but I remember to, to take the stage at Barcelona one day with Chelsea. He, he went right. You, you're not asking. I'll tell you the team. Read the eleven names of the team out and went. That's a great, good way to finish. Stood up and walked out. And <laughs> if you can handle a press conference like that, it's quite good. So the way you, you said. And I think he said, that's a good answer, no? And, and that was that. What, what, what was the mind space? What was going on? No, it was, it was, I, to be honest, you know, I meant what I said. Uh, we needed the money as well. And, 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 and Rangers needed the money. And, and I think every club in the world, if you're not top, 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 you need that money to develop, to, to, to buy players, to get the right players in. The last one is uh, during my during our working lifetimes. Are we going to see Yondal Thomason coaching a team to lift a European trophy? Oh, that could be great! I think you always have to have ambition and dream big, and I will do that. I'm taking that as a yes. <laughs> um, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm sorry it was so long. I no, guess uh, you've answered all of these questions. About 50 times each before. I'm not so sure about those great questions. Thank you for handling it with dignity. And it's been an enormous pleasure. When I said watching you was just pure joy, and I meant, I don't know if you liked or didn't like the comparisons with Griezmann, Benzema, Lippmann, but those players who seem to have an understanding of what's going to happen, and then they take advantage of it and do things, particularly you were often between the lines. I think... They're the, you are the type of players they are the type of players that do what you say you like as a coach they win they create they score but they entertain yeah yeah so great to hear you're, you're an entertainer lovely thank you you're more than welcome fantastic it's been lovely thank that you. was a pleasure thank you for listening to the big interview It's produced by me, which sounds egotistical, but it's also true, Graham Hunter, and Backpage. Our music is by Beer Jacket, who else? Editing by Charlie McGarry.
Thank you to our hosts at Acast and our loyal sponsors at Bet365. We're also supported by our socios. Find out how to become a socio, how to support us at patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter. Here endeth the lesson.